Good day, it's Wednesday at sportsstars.ie. I'm Darren Kelly and it's time for Sportsstars Camogie, our weekly magazine show looking at the county and club championships in Camogie right across the country and all the breaking news. Later on, we'll be previewing the Dublin Senior Camogie semi-finals with Nigel McCarthy, while Mary Newman will be with us to look ahead to the Cork Senior Camogie quarterfinals that take place this coming weekend. But of course, last weekend, there's only one place there we were going to and that was Kingsman Breffney Park as Lara were crowned Cavs senior Camogie champions for 2021 an impressive 312 to 6 point victory over 6 in a row chasing Crosser Law and I am delighted to be joined by Lara's captain Clodagh Keenahan who is with us here on the show and Clodagh first congratulations a fantastic result for the club Thank you very much Darren thank you it's an amazing feeling I still can't actually believe that we're county champions after so long it's been a goal and dream of ours for the last few years now and to actually have achieved it is just a surreal feeling Let's just kind of put it all the form has been good in this campaign so far but across the law across the law they were going for six county titles in a row so you know they had the experience of the big day but you were definitely able to continue your championship form right into the decider yeah, like in fairness, Crystal were probably the favourites going in as they had won the previous five championships. So I, they were going, favourites going in, but we had beaten them previously in the championship. I think it was three, 12 to 1, 6 or something like that. And uh, I suppose that gave us the confidence going in on Saturday and we knew we'd get over the line. It was 3 12 to 1, 6. Well, you improved your performance anyway because you didn't concede a goal in this one. I know we didn't, only six points. So, yeah, no, we were delighted. So, we were delighted. I think they only scored four points from play or something. So, our defenders done well. <laughs> it was, it was right the way through. Like, I was following the game on Saturday. And, you know, after a few exchanges in the early stages, he just drove on. And we'll talk about uh, the goal scores at the moment and who did well. But what was the feeling like with the team coming in? Because, as we just mentioned at the very top there, too, yes, the form had been good. Yes, you had belief in your ability to get this job done but of course our listeners wouldn't be aware 1990 was the last time the club was yeah. county senior champions I was talking to Michelle Smith who was on that team as well like it this is not just about winning the county title for yourselves this is I about know. winning the county title for the club it was a great achievement for the club overall but uh, I suppose going into it there was no pressure on us whatsoever we kept calm the whole way through so we did we had the belief from the last day playing Krishlaw that we'd come back strong again and we'd win and I suppose that got us over the line in the end uh, Krishlaw got the first point but we kept it calm we went down the pitch and scored again so uh, you know we were on top the whole way through and yeah, I think we went up then and scored three more points in a row to leave it 4-1 at the water break and we kept pushing on the whole way through then. Of course, you got that first point, if, if my memory serves me yes, correctly. Yes, I did, I think. <laughs> I can't <laughs> even remember when, what order the scores were. I just couldn't believe that we were on top. <laughs> We'd be used to talking about you, a county as well as club. And of course, we'd be used to talking about Neve, who was playing in midfield. But I believe yeah. the, uh, the star of this show in the Keenan family was Ashley. It was Ashley, yeah. She got the two goals, so she did. Uh, she's a, a great player. She's She might not be the fastest on the team, but by God, she'll still come out with that ball. So she does, she will. She's a brilliant striker of the ball as well. And she always manages to get a few goals in every game. <laughs> Those goals were crucial though as well because they give you that buffer as well. What was it like at half time? Because you're in control, you know what you have to do, but of course the job isn't done and no doubt the butterflies are starting to creep in. Yeah, you know, we just had to, I suppose we went in at half time, we kept it calm. We knew that it wasn't going to be an easy second half. We knew Chris Law were going to come out and put it up to us in the second half, which in fairness they did. Um, but then I think we got that goal early on and it really pushed us on towards the end. So it did, yeah. 
it was the moment, of course, I actually mixed up the times there. Ashton, of course, got that second goal just yeah, after half time as well. Yeah, she got the first two goals, I think, yeah. And, and that stamped it down. And it was just about keeping everything composed from there to the finish. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. You mentioned the defenders as well, like, you know, they just gave Crosslaw nothing to look at too. And like, this is an experienced team with some big cabin names on their side as well, but they never really got a sniff in by those few points you mentioned. Yeah, like in fairness, the attackers done really well, but uh, you have to hand it to the defenders. I mean, only letting the, the Crosslaw attackers score uh, four points from play isn't bad. Uh, we get the scores, but at the end of the day, they stop the scores going over. So fair play to them. They always have a battle. Yeah. At the other end, Ashley was taken off. Her replacement didn't do too bad either. Yeah, Isha came on. Um, I think well, she came on probably after the water break, I think it was. And she wasn't long on the field and she made a big solo run up the field and buried the ball in the back of the net. And with two broken fingers as well, I must say, uh, she has great pace. There's no stopping her when she gets going. It's definitely what you go. Nothing's going to stop any of these players being involved as well. Was that like, Claudia, for yourself as captain and also the team? I know you have to focus on the job, but when was the moment where you realised this is in this is coming? Like, was it in that final quarter or was it after each yeah, the third like goal? Yeah, I suppose we were on top the whole way through. But uh, I remember just looking over to the sideline towards the end of the game and all the subs were just standing up with their hands around each other and there was a photographer taking a picture of them and I just couldn't help but keep the excitement in. And once that final whistle blew, oh, the feeling, I can't actually even explain it. I can well imagine as well, and not just for yourself, even when I was talking to Michelle there too, she was like, the emotions were coming out. Yeah, this, this was, yeah you, know, you didn't know whether to cry or laugh or <laughs> it was just surreal, very surreal. What does this mean for Lara Camogie Club? Oh. Like not just for yourself, but also for the club, because we've talked about the gap there as well. We talked about the heartache watching Crusher yeah. getting the job done the last few years and to get over the line and get it done. Oh, it just means so much. Like it's not this win is wasn't just for the players that were named on the team. It was for the every single Camogie player in Lara who has played the last 31 years and who has helped us get this far. Uh, we wouldn't have been there without them. So we wouldn't. No doubt there was great celebrations that night coming home from Kingston. <laughs> <Dr. Clark. laughs> yeah, it was mad. So it was, um, we went back to Lara and oh my God, the crowd that came back, it was amazing. We brought the cup up on the stage in front of hundreds of supporters. The crowd that showed up to celebrate with us was just amazing. I'd like to actually thank our committee, Larry United, as they organised it so well. The fireworks, bonfire, everything was just amazing. It really made us feel so special. Just as you mentioned, Larry United, GM, just reading the tweet there that they were putting out before the homecoming. Congratulations to our senior girls on a fantastic win in the Cavan Senior Camogie Championship final. There will be fireworks in a bonfire at Lara House. Yeah, <laughs> and that <laughs> there was, and that there was. <laughs> um, no doubt young children are out to see this as well. Of course, you're a young enough team yourself. Like you were only playing minor back in 2016, if I'm right. This, this, yeah. this success was coming, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's coming a long time now. I mean, we have... Um, brilliant underage and brilliant underage players coming up uh, the likes of Sinead Livingston there she uh, she's only 16 and she's starting midfield uh, she's half as, as small as me and she's 10 times as strong as me and her pace there's just no stopping her when she gets that ball in her hand and Grania Cattle as well uh, she got player of the match she's just amazing her great pace and once She's out first to every single ball. She's just one of those sticky, annoying defenders and fair play to her. It's great to see a defender getting player of the match as well because usually 
in a game you always see the top score or some attacker getting player of the match but it's great to see a defender getting it and a person so young as well like Ronnie's only 17 Again at the risk of repeating ourselves this was a team performance this isn't about like Larry getting over the line with a late goal or something like that you know he went in and were yeah. very professional and accomplished in getting the job done yeah, one thing that's about our Lara Camogie team is that we are a team. We're like a big one big family. Uh, they're my second family and uh, they're like my best friends. So, yeah, we work so well together and the communication on the pitch is just brilliant. We talked about the celebrations. No doubt there's a couple of days to come down, but of course now it opens up a world of opportunity. What's next for this team now? No doubt there's an Ulster campaign down yeah, the line. Yeah, so there's an Ulster campaign now. So last year's 2020 Ulster still has to be played. So it won't be until after it, probably December we're looking at. So hopefully we can drive on and win an Ulster now too. That's the next thing. Will you take a bit of a break now, taking that gap into account? Yeah, well, we actually still have juniors. So uh, there's still junior players, the younger girls who didn't get playing and senior are playing. So we'll probably train with them twice a week and still push on and train for Ulster as well. Be great yeah. to complete the double for the club. It'll just be oh, the icing. Amazing. Also, I have to mention, we are uh, in the ladies football final at the weekend as well. Junior Lara, it's our first year set up as a club and we are in our first junior championship final in Breffney Park. I could be talking to you again next week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I, I knew because we'd be featuring the Cavan fi- senior final right on the football show, but um, yeah. I realised yourself. So of course, there's no there's no chance really to let off you let off your head the day or two there to enjoy this. Now yeah. it's, ba- it's back to something to focus on quick enough. Exactly. Celebrations have stopped now from the Camogie and we're focusing on the football. So hopefully we'll be out again celebrating this weekend. Claude, I hope we get plenty of chances to talk to you before the season comes to an end. Just before we finish up, of course, quick word on Cavan. Disappointing championship, but there was league success. Like the club, no doubt progress has been made and you learn an awful lot from 2021. Yeah, completely. Like You have to remember, we're only two years set up as a county team. Uh, winning the Nancy Murray last year was amazing and then going on and winning the Division 4 league this year. Uh, it was very disappointing championship for us. We really thought that we'd make it to Crow Park finals day. But uh, I've no doubt that next year or even the year after or in years to come, there's a junior championship coming to Calvin. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. I'm delighted to be joined by We Are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy as we look ahead to a big weekend in the Dublin camogie scene. And first, Nigel, how are you keeping? I'm grand, Darren. Yourself, how are you? Oh, sure, grand as well now. Sure, it's all a mile a minute now. No sooner has the inter-county season come to an end for both camogie and football. Uh, we're back into club action now. And for Dublin camogie in particular, it's a big one of the big weekends of the year, semi-finals and some intriguing encounters. Yes, there is. Yeah, it's been a fascinating championship up to date. I think the teams I expected to be in the semi-finals are there. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend. They should be two very interesting games. Now, they're both taking place on Sunday at half ten in the morning. Defending champions Nave Jude is home against Nafina and St. Vincent's of a home game against Ballyboden St. Indus. To the unfamiliar eye, to listeners that wouldn't be as familiar with the Dublin scene, based on results in recent years, it's easy to say it'll be a St. Jude-St. Vincent's final, but I think this year's championship has shown we can't take that for granted. Uh, no, look, sport is sport. You can't take anything for granted. Look, looking at it, and uh, like I've been covering the the, 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 the club championship for I think this is our eighth season. 
know the teams very well, would know the clubs very well. Uh, even looking at the semi-finals, uh, I, I still can't see beyond uh, uh, Jude's and uh, Vincent's final. Um, you know, the two finalists from last year, the two other sides. Uh, look, they're there on merit. I just think that you know, you know, looking at the the, the first game between Vincent's and um, uh, Vincent's and Ballyboden, um, Vincent's have, have you know they they've they've had a, a good championship up to date. Uh, they're certainly look they finished the top scorers so far to date with six goals and forty two points. They'll be hurting from from last year's loss. Uh, that's for sure. They have their they have their sights back on retaining that title that they 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 held for a, a good number of years, but. Um, you know, Bally Bowden, I, I've only seen Bally Bowden once this year. It was against um, Oliver Plunkett's own row. Although the scoreline suggests it was only a, a two-point win for Plunkett's, um, they, they were fairly well beaten on the day. Uh, they, they got they got a, a goal and a point in the space of a minute near the end of the game, which sort of put a, a bit of a gloss on the actual scoreline. But, you know, watching the game itself, they, they played on the day. I'm, I'm not sure what to make of uh, Bally Bowden. To, to be honest, uh, you know, they beat Jude's in the, the final round game, but like Jude's were already true to, to the semi-final stages. And uh, although I didn't see the game, I, I would take it that uh, Jude's didn't put out their strongest side, you know, uh, particularly with, with just returning six points on the day. Um, Jude's would be, uh, were, were the second highest scorers in the championship um, this year with 534. So, um I would say they put out sort of a shadow team on that. Uh, Bowden won the game 9-6, but uh, I wouldn't read too much into it, you know. And look, the game's been played in Marino and Vincent's home ground. So, uh, look, I, I can't see beyond a home win there. Uh, as for the other game, uh, Jude's, as I said, Jude's, after two rounds, they, they'd already qualified for the semi-final. So, in that third round, as I say, they put out a shadow team. Nafina have, again, Nafina, they, they, they opened up they opened up the uh, championship with a, a ten point apiece draw with uh, Luke and Sarsfields. They played Vincent in round two and were beaten two fourteen to one ten, and that left them needing a result in, in the final round. And they were up against um, Kilmacote Croaks. Uh, they won that one by six points, which which put them through to the semi finals. Um, I, I think Nafina they probably lack a little bit of firepower. I think to to threaten to threaten Jude's. And uh, they're, they're going to struggle as well to contain uh, what is a, a fairly free-scoring uh, Jude's attack. Uh, and um, I'm looking at that one. It's, again, that, that game is being played on Jude's home ground. So again, I can't, I can't look any, any further than Jude's taking the win on that one. Just when I was trying to build up for a big shock in one of the games, Nigel, you ruined, <laughs> you ruined it for me. But even you take Jude's Nafina, just see me finished off in that one as well. Of course, Jude's had gotten the two wins to kick off their campaign. Look, we know the success last year to have at least one Leinster campaign to look forward to later in the year. And with players like Faye McCarthy, Hannah Hegarty, the Butler, Cara Dawson, you know, they, the home advantage is a massive as well, a reward for winning the group. Would you be in favour of that or would you be more in favour of them in neutral venues? Because Certainly, Nafina could do with any leveler they can get. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be in favour of it at all. I, I think once you get to semi-final stage, it should be neutral grounds. No, I, I don't. Um, I, I am not in favour of you know group winners getting home advantage. You know, I, I just, I, I just don't. I, I think once you get to sort of knockout stage of any competition, I, I think it should be neutral ground. You know, I think that's that's the fairest outcome for both sides. 
for Nafina, of course, they're going to need their big players to really step up if they are going to challenge uh, St. Jude's. And of course, Nafina have only one win in the campaign, as you mentioned, against Kilmagood Croaks. Elisa Jimson Murphy has definitely been catching the eye during this campaign as well. And there's a few other names there with her too that uh, can cause problems for St. Jude's. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, she was standing out at that minor level. You know, she stepped up minor last year into the senior squad. She didn't get a lot of game time this year, but she's certainly certainly a player for the future, you know, as far as uh, Dublin are concerned. Um, yeah, look, I, I like her. Uh, I think she's um, a good reader of the game. She's a, she, she's a tough tackler as well. Um, and, you know, she, she uses the ball, you know, cleverly as well. So, She's a player that sort of stood out for me over the last couple of years on the underage, and and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how she develops over the next couple of years. Uh, but again, yeah, as I say, you you, you listed off uh, a number of Jude's players, like uh, the Jude squad there. They, they've eight senior Dublin players on on that squad, you know. So um, the Fina themselves have five, but a lot of them, a number of them, are young. Bit of experience that Jude's have, you know, and you know the, the amount of senior intercounty talent they have in the squad. Again, as I say, I know you were looking for a shock, but I just don't see one. Not there as well. And as you mentioned too, a Bally Bolton St. Tinder still take confidence from the win against St. Jude's, even if it mightn't have been the strongest team as well. But uh, this is a formidable challenge. Uh, yes, they got through based on scoring difference, I think, against over uh, St. Oliver Plunkett's own Rua, but like. I suppose the question for Ballyboden St. Enders is can they get through this game against St. Vincent's without conceding a goal? Uh, yeah, and I think that's going to be uh, I think that's going to be the difficult one for them. As I said, Vincent have already hit the back of the net six times in their three games. So um they are they are formidable uh, scorers, you know. Now in saying that, again, you have to take this with a pinch of salt as well because of the, the, the third group game. But um when you look at uh, Scores conceded. Uh, Bowden were the second best defence. They conceded two twenty three over their three games. You know, but uh, I know it's unfair for me to judge it. I only seen them in, in one game this year, but um, you know, I, I know the Vincent side very well. I, I just, I, I just don't see how they're going to contain players of the caliber of Ashley Marn and, and a couple of their other forwards. You know, um, if the if the midfield and, and, and the halfback line can get enough ball into those players, I, I just don't see but I just don't see Bowden being able to uh, stem the tide of um sorry, going to be on their way. Of course, St. Vincent's are the only unbeaten team in the competition. You mentioned Ashley Mara, what he sees and she's having with crucial goals at crucial stages to deliver results. Just looking at at the two sides in that game, I, I just think Vincent's have just too many too, too many strong players, too many experienced players, and too many players that are of uh, intercounty intercounty standard. Vincent's have seven members of their team um, on the Dublin senior squad. You look down, Bally Bowden have none, and I I think that's uh, you know that that speaks volumes itself. You know as to what sort of a challenge Bally Bowden are coming up against on Sunday. But look as we. You know, as we we see all the time in sport, you know, um, teams go into games and you can't see beyond them and uh, the underdog pulls off a shock. It would be nice to see it uh, in either of the semifinals to see to, to see a shock in one of them. Um, but as I said, my, my heart says I'd love to see that, but, you know, my head and stats and knowing the teams, uh, I, I just can't see beyond the, the two home teams, uh, you know, competing for the, the county honours again as they did last year. 
If we get in the feed of Ali Bowden final Nigel will have you straight back out of here again next week to explain <laughs> that one. Uh, before, before I let you go, Nigel, often like I'm, myself included, often find games thrown in at half ten in the morning, especially a game of this magnitude is mm. not ideal for the players. Regards to Dublin local scene as well, is, is it more accepted up there or is it very, very disappointing that number one, these two games are clashing? We've already discussed the home and away, but two that are taking place at half ten on a Sunday morning. Um, I don't think the half ten has bothered anybody. I haven't heard of any complaints about that. Um, I, I would say I'm certainly disappointed that both games are on at the same time, um, and both on opposite sides of the city. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that may they, they could have changed that. They may they could have had one at half ten and maybe one at one at you know one at one or half one in the afternoon. And supporters of of the game itself, a Camogie might have been able to get along to both games. So it, it'll be a case of picking and choosing which one you want to go to. Um, they both should be very good games, but uh, yeah, I, I was disappointed that they were both on at the same time. I thought they could have um, staggered the throw-in times to allow people to get the boat. I like listening to Sports Dads because he has famous celebrities and, I guess, listen to him. Darren Kelly. And our final guest today on Sports Stars Camogie is Mary Newman from Cork as we look ahead to the Cork Senior Camogie quarterfinals. And first, Mary, uh, thanks many for joining us here again in Sports Stars Camogie. No problem, Darren. Pleasure as always. And uh, I suppose I have to congratulate everybody formerly there in Galway for um, your All-Ireland win. We haven't been on air since, so that was a brilliant win for Galway. And, uh, you know, all credit to them. And um, on the day, I suppose it was a great game and a great ad for Camogie, but uh, well done to everybody up there and enjoy it. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, club quarterfinals in Cork in a moment, but just seeing you brought that up, Mary, um, any updates on what's going on down there regarding Paddy or any of the players? No, um, you know, there's a lot of talk going on. Um, you know, Paddy, I mean, as has been well documented, is probably in line for the Cork minor hurling job. He's been involved, I think, with the Cork 16s and 15 boys as development squads. And it's widely speculated because the guy that came in last year only got, somebody said, a year in the job just to keep the seat warm but for Paddy. But uh, yeah, it's widely speculated. Now, I did hear today that, how true it is or not, that he wants to do the two, but I heard word today that Cork GA aren't happy with that, that they just want him to do the minor hurling job. Now, I was at a meet uh, when I was joined into a meeting last night where they were discussing the 16s and the minors, the camogie side of the house, but strangely there was no update on the, uh, what we call the party situation or the the adult situation. So I've been more than surprised to hear him going out that he'd stay on. I mean, I think he's probably been there long enough. I think it's time for a new voice. And I mean, I have nothing against Paddy and I might have something against his tactics and the all Ireland final, but that's another day's work. Or what I might have done myself differently sitting up in the stand. But um, no, I, I sometimes think like it's time. The time comes for everybody, like a player. Your time comes and unfortunately you have to step over that line and go to the other side of it. And, you know, we all hated giving up playing and we took up the job nobody probably wants, looking after teams. But I, I just think it's time for a change. I think they need a new face. I think they need a new voice. New, There's a lot of older players still there, a lot of younger players there. And maybe it's time to give some of them a chance and give somebody else a go. And it's a hard job. He's ultra professional. He has been absolutely fantastic. The work he's done for Corkamogi has been incredible. He'll be very hard to replace. But as I say, no update, only that I did hear today that he wants to do the two. So is it feasible? I would think not. I would think it's a very high profile role to be the Cork Minor Hurling Manager as well. 
And I suppose he'll have to make a choice if that's if board on the street is correct. So if there is any development on Body Murray before the podcast goes out on Wednesday, it will be on the web, website article accompanying this podcast uh, if there's any development on Body Murray situation. Of course, we're here to talk about the Cork Senior Camogie quarterfinals which are taking place this weekend. And just seeing you touched on your own club, then Rovers, and of course they lost to St. Finbar's, Barry. Mm. Before we kick into the other three games, how do we have a situation where we've uh, a team getting a buy into a semi-final and three quarterfinals? Well... I don't know. We had 19 teams, so we had one first round, which was Sarsfields and Milford. And then we had the next round was round two. So the losers of Sars, sorry, the winners of that round one went into the main draw where we, you know, they went in as winners and they played Newcastle. And the losers of it went into a losers round. So we had one, two, three. We had 10 teams in the losers round. So those 10. And the other one, two, three, the other nine winners, like the, the nine winners, first of all, went into round four. And then we had five losers rounds. So the five winners of that also went into round four and everybody was put into the one pot. So we actually ended up in a situation where we played the bars. We won our first match and so did they. Carberry, the divisional side, who had won their first match, played St. Catherine's, who won their first match. You had Shandun and Iroque, who had won a match and lost a match. You had Douglas playing Killer. Douglas had lost a match and won a match. So, like a lot of people were saying, we should have had the winners on one side and the losers at the other side and pull one from each side. We didn't. But then we ended up with round two was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You had 14 teams in round two because you had lost five in the losers' round. So they had 14. So that, got, that came down to seven. So they said one of those had to go somewhere, so they put them into a semi-final. So that's how they came about. Now, maybe it would have been more feasible to have had two first rounds, two preliminary rounds, and that would have probably did away with that. But look, the powers that be made the rules, and uh, we only followed them. And St. Finbars are there as well, and we talk about St. Finbars yes. more when we get to the semi-finals after this week's games. Mary, we have three quarter-finals to really look forward to as well, so we'll quickly go through them. You've touched on some of the clubs already. Let's start first with the defending champions, Corsi Rovers. They got through clocked off 11 points to 10 in the last round. Yes. Uh, up against Sarsfields, who were um, impressive, finished strongly against Bally Garvin to win their game as well. Corsi are without Linda Collins. She's moved away for work. Uh, that's going to be a big blow for them leading into this match. Yeah, a big blow for them and a big blow for Cork as well. Yeah, she's gone to work in Dubai for, she's gone teaching there for, from what I can gather, a year or two. Um, they barely, barely got over the line against Cladov. Now, their opening round against Ballancolic was the 18th of September, so they would have been without a match since then. Uh, they were waiting two weeks. Very impressive against Ballancolic. Again, they had Linda, of course, but seemingly now I wasn't at it obviously because there were so many matches on last weekend it was like it's been like chair planes here for the last three weeks myself and Linda running around like two lunatics everything covered but from what I can gather they were pinned to their collar by a Cladoof side now Cladoof are a great battling side they lost out to Killa in the first round got their self back on track um, for the losers round and they defeated Emekili, the divisional side. Sorry, they didn't defeat Emekili. Emekili actually gave a walkover because with divisional sides, as you know, they're made up of club sides and 
their match was fixed. Um, a lot of the clubs changed their champion, their own championship matches to the same days that McKilly were playing. And McKilly then couldn't get their match changed with Cladove. So they decided not to play. So Cladove went in probably a bit cold to that one, but like 10 points to 11. Like they really, really had them pinned and they were lucky to beat them. And Sarsfields against Milford, I was at that match. I thought Milford for long periods of it were well in the game, really. I suppose up front, they were they, they couldn't get they couldn't kind of put them away, but like for long for three quarters, but they were in it. Then Sars came along and I suppose, as I say, having been winners, they went in then to the main draw and they beat Newcestown. Now they were tough enough, it was a tough enough clash with Newcestown, but they they they've been impressive, like they have had huge like success underage. And they were the champions 2019. They won a great county championship that year. Emer Fennell retired and she was the one who got all the goals. Last year in the first round, my own club, Glen Rovers, I think we shocked them by beating them. They got back into it and eventually I think they lost out to Douglas. But I suppose they should be the go-to team always because the amount of talent they've, they've been winning premier minor championships and under 16s and failures like you'd open your umbrella and the rain comes down. So really, they have the young ones, they have the talent. You'd expect them to be there or thereabouts. They do indeed. With Molly Lynch in the show last week, of course, after our book father. Oh yeah, the book father, yeah. And Caitlin Sheen got eight points from playing yeah, after against Bradley Garvin. Where, yes, of course, he Rovers probably be dependent on Jacinta Crowley, who was their main score getter, and Fiona Keating. Fiona Keating, yeah, but they have other good players as well. I mean, courses are. They have the likes of oh my god, uh, Christine O'Neill who would have been uh, um, one of the Cork senior players a few years ago. She'd be another player who's a tough cookie and she's well able. And like she, she has huge experience. And I would have expected her to have been more on, probably on the score sheet last weekend, but she's kind of a playmaker more than anything else. But, you know, I, I think it, I think it'll be close enough between themselves and Sars. Have Sars the talent? Yes, they have. Have they the, I suppose, the... The confidence to get over the champions? That's the that's the big question. They've beaten Newcestown, they've beaten Milford. This is a big one, really. The champions. This is the one, you know, and this is where courses will probably have to really, really rock up to the place, especially without Linda. It'll be close. If the coin falls, what way is it going to fall? I have a sneaky suspicion Sars could beat them, but knowing courses, knowing the kind of battling spirit they have. I'm not going to bet against Corsi's. I, I really think, look, the champions, uh, I think you always probably back the champions. So I'd probably go for Corsi's. Sars will probably hear this now and blow me out of the water. But yeah, I'll go for the champions, I think. I, I, I will definitely, yeah. A hesitant yeah. nod towards Corsi Rovers. I think the nod is, yeah, just a nod. I think they still have, they have the ability to do it. I, I think they have, yeah. The second game we're looking at here, there's plenty of star power on both sides. Shandoon against St. Catherine's. Mm. Shandoon, of course, won the amalgamations. They had a big 323 to 13 point win over Era O. Amy O'Connor scoring goals as she usually does. Caitlin Hickey as well on target. Amy Lee in goal. St. Catherine's were impressive. 212 to 5 points against Carberry. They'll be dependent on the likes of Laura Hayes and Fanola Neville. They, ironically, they met in the first round. And um, Catherine's, here we go again. Now, this is kind of. Another thing, I suppose, but eventually you're going to meet somewhere again along the line. Catherine's defeated them by a goal. I think Amy O'Connor went off, injured. She had played a club match the night before. I think she went off after about 15 minutes in that one. 
uh, Catherine's, of course, Orla Cotter's huge loss to them, gone to America last year, a huge loss. She was their go-getter player, their scorer-in-chief. Their match with Carberry really was an event. I was I covered it myself with the Echo. Um, Carberry had a lot of players dropped out because they were playing football and with their clubs and they dropped out. So really it was it was a non-event. Shandun are good. They're they're balanced, they're, they're strong players in every sector. You know, they have Black Croc, they'd have Brian Dillons, they'd have St. Vincent's, Amy O'Connor and Lauren Homan, of course, as well, who has been very much to the fore for them. The Pearship players, who else am I forgetting? But you know, they're 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 balanced, they're they're a good side. My club actually beat them as well last year. <laughs> I'm laughing at this club. Everybody you speak about, we seem to have beaten, except the Grove, we should have beaten. But uh, yeah, we had a great game with them last year. And um, we went to extra time with them before we beat them in a high scoring game. Yeah, they're, they're a good side. I, I would tip them to reverse the result of the first day and get over the line. I think Catherine's are young. They have Aoife Hurley and Laura Hayes. And Orna Neville, or Fanola and Orna Neville, two sisters. But I think Shandun will have the legs and I think they'll have the scoring power to get over the line and to take that one. So Shandun getting the nod there to join Corsi yeah, Rovers. My own division, so I have to support the city. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. I played with Shandun <laughs> in my days when my club were senior B. <laughs> So with the Glen Rover scarf is on there, you'll be the Shandun one out. Uh, yeah, which look, we we play ourselves in Shandun underage competitions. I'm actually going to a Shandun meeting later on. But uh, yeah, we play in Shandun competitions. We're the proud under Shandun under 15 champions from last year. So yeah, we're, we're part of the Shandun division. And look, as I said, I was secretary of Shandun and PRO for years myself as well. And we're part of the, the underage Shandun setup. So, you know, I have to back the City Club and uh, yeah. So I'll be going for Shandun there. Shandun getting the nod there. The final mm-hmm. game is in a scary against Killa. Now Killa, impressive 2-17 to 8-point win over a Douglas side that would have featured the two Mackies. Chloe Sigerson, Laura Tracy, two household names at this stage. Hannah Looney, she's another player that could be missing for Cork. Due to work yeah. Is she gone she's already or is she today, still around? Yeah. Around? Gone since today. I was talking to her last Thursday night. She told me she was gone off Tuesday. So, yeah, I mean, killer, killer, my tip, I suppose, all year. I've been saying all year, killer will win the county. I think I have it between killer and the bars now with a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky one for courses. But I think it's a pity, actually, killer and the bars can, will probably meet in a semi final um, because I think it would have been a great, would be a great final. Um, Is that predetermined? Like, yeah, or, or... that's the way the draw is going. I'm looking at it there. Yeah, it's killer versus Inascara. And the Killen and Mascara are W and W play P, which was the winners of Glen Rovers and St. Finbars, which is the Bars. So, yeah, it'll, yeah. And like I would tip Killer to beat Inascara. I think Inascara, you know, Rena's gone. Neve McCarthy's out. Tristan McCarthy, I think, isn't playing either. They have a lot of younger players. Again, they've been huge success in Inascara at underage level. God, they have three, they have two or three junior teams. So they have plenty of talent, plenty of players. But Killa are just very balanced. They have Jess O'Shea up front. Stephanie Bazan, who used to play in goal, is now playing corner forward. They have Neve O'Keefe, Cork Intermediate player. They have Kira Daly, Cork Intermediate player. Laura Tracy and her sister as well. Um, I forget her sister's name. It is Laura. Laura's the one I always remember. But yeah, they're very balanced and they're strong, physically very strong. So are the bars. 
but I, I think Killer will beat Inascara. I, I think, you know, I think Killer will be too strong for, Inis, for Inascara. Can Inascara obviously with Hannah Looney going as a big blow? I know there's plenty of balance around, as you mentioned there as well. And of course, Stephanie Bazan got his blow after 20 seconds yeah. the last day. But Inascara, in Joanne Casey got two goals the last day against Inaskeen. Aileen Sheehan also on target too. Katie yeah. O'Mahony playing well too. Like, is there, you, you still feel Killer will have enough of them even with Hannah Looney not being there? I do, yeah, I do. I think they're like killer are very strong. I think they're strong. I think they're physically strong. I think they're balanced. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think killer will. I, I, like Laura Tracy commands the, the show, kind of from the back. And you know, they're they're as I said, they have good players in every sector. They have two excellent, like they have excellent forwards. Jess O'Shea was excellent against Douglas. Stephanie Bazan got the first goal. They have. Players able to pick off scores, confidence, very confident, very professional. Um, yeah, I think Killer will beat in Scarra. So Killer getting the nod to join St. Yeah. Finbar's, Shandoon and Corsi Rovers in the semi-finals as mm. well. Mary, thanks a million for joining us here mm. and Probably. we look forward to talking to you again at the semi-finals, see how well your predictions are and Cork Camogie Championship, always one of the most exciting ones around the country and I've no doubt it'll be a very exciting weekend, not just in senior but of course across uh, all the grades as well. Yeah, we have a load of intermediate and junior championships like every other county, we're just rocking into them and trying to get them all played and minor, we're still at the minor bro finals are down for we have our senior final down for the 24th of October our intermediate the 23rd and our junior A on the 25th so it's the bank holiday it's the Halloween weekend in Castle Road and um, hopefully the weather will hold for a few weeks and we get all our minor played so the year has gone darn already so where did it go I just don't know <laughs> it's gone and we look We'll have plenty to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Mary, thanks for joining us. That was Mary Newman from Cork. I'd like to thank our guests as well. Already in the show, Claude Keenahan from Cavan and Nigel McCarthy from Dublin. And we look forward to looking at how all those games get on next week as well and all the action around the county. Don't forget to catch the Fair Green this week. Breach Corkery, Cork Jew legend, is our special guest on the show. That's up on sportsstats.ie right now. And with that being said, I'd like to thank Mary one last time. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was Sports Stars Camogie.